Welcome to Boiling Point, the podcast to motivate ever-evolving entrepreneurs and forward-thinking movement pioneers. Our hosts, filmmaker Greg Hemmings and executive coach Dave Vale, are turning up the heat in the world's business communities. Our interviews with entrepreneurs, thought leaders, and movement makers are raising the temperature of inspiration. Live from the hottest studio in this quadrant of the universe, here are Dave and Greg. Welcome back to The Boiling Point, everybody. And <laughs> do you know what I love, Dave? Is we have started so many of our podcasts now. Like, we used to, like, call our guests in, yep. like, after we started. But now they're they, being part of our introduction. It's great. Yes. And, 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 they, and, and this might be the first one that isn't like that, but they generally stay on even after we <laughs> bumble through an introduction, right? And they say, I'm glad to be your test case. Hey, there he goes. He's yeah. there. There yeah, he is. So, so who do we have here? So we Greg? have Mike Rollins, who's the, who's the uh, principal and CEO, I believe, of Junction Strategy in Vancouver. And okay, this mythical, magical creature of Christy O'Leary that keeps on connecting us, uh, Dave. She's not mythical. She's very real. She's an actual real human being. She makes her way across the country from time to time, barging into both of our offices with (laughs) bold proclamations about the future of business and the excitement of social responsibility. She's a a tour de force. Here's the thing, and she's not even charging us for this type of work you know and like no. in the introduction she gave she gave me for you uh this, this is what she read from christy i imagine this meeting may be the catalyst for a bromance i'm sure greg dave and mike will thoroughly enjoy themselves yeah, come on Outstanding. awesome so three-way bromance no less <laughs> that's so good mike tell us about junction uh and the uh and three, what are you doing three, in the social space? And just oh, and just your thoughts on three-way romance. Three-way romance. Oh, geez, come on, Dave. Don't oh, go down that way. Yeah, okay. Mike went there. Mike went there first. All right. That's a different type of podcast. Isn't <laughs> yeah, exactly. Good point. <laughs> we don't want to make this explicit. Good point. Let's, we'll, we'll get we'll, that, that question's out. Okay, so Mike, bring, bring us into the world of Junction Strategy. So Junction Strategy is a brand strategy and corporate social responsibility consultancy. We've been in business for nearly 20 years. We have offices in Vancouver, Canada, from where we serve clients across North America, and London, UK, from where we serve clients in the UK and Europe and uh, north in Scandinavia. Um, so that's that's the straight up nuts and bolts definition. The the heartful definition is we look for visionary leaders in the business and nonprofit worlds that are using the best of both those worlds to drive social impact and environmental sustainability. We're looking to support the exemplars of a new version of capitalism. That's wonderful. And when you say support, what what sort? Of, I know you mentioned strategy and brand, but like. Uh, let, let, let's be tactical here. What sort of support are we? Are, <laughs> you know what, man? I'm laughing because we just had the most amazing interview uh, a minute ago with this woman named uh, Deb Hatcher. Sorry, I'm, I'm going to do a tangent really quick. And it was two episodes ago. So when you hear your episode, just rewind two more. And it was all about the yeah. la- language of business and how we always use military and sports analogies. It's true. It's and awful. Her, her, her way of thinking is so amazing. Uh, but we in the social impact, quote unquote, space use the word impact all the time. She even ch- challenges us on that saying, that's not the right word wording you know so now dave and i every time we use a military word so you just talking about being ta- let's get tactical let's get here, tactical here guys come on we're gonna load up our guns here and get right to it sorry so b- b- back on the schedule here um <laughs> yes. so uh yeah let's uh let's truly talk about 
you know, if, if let's say I was one of those clients, I'm in a business, and Dave as well, we're in the business of making money, but uh, passionate about positive social change and uh, that sort of thing. What sort of um, support can you give to us? So a lot of people uh, are cranking away and doing their business, doing good work. Uh, maybe they've got environmental challenges in the, the nature of their business. Maybe they're not making as big a contribution to community as they could. We help them integrate both of those things into their strategic planning. So they're having a more fulsome conversation about the role of their business and the potential contribution that their business can make into society, community, and for the environment. Um, so there's a lot of organizations that do that kind of work. That's not that complicated. It's not that new. There's a lot of people that talk about sustainability in business. There's more and more people talking about community impact in business. I think what makes us different is that we also do a lot of work in the social sector. So we understand really deeply what it takes to develop a charity that does good work, to drive and measure a healthy social impact, to drive and measure a healthy sustainability uh, impact in the nonprofit world. And I think what makes us really valuable is we're super comfortable navigating the space between bringing the, the sort of the energy and innovation and make it happenness of business together with the community collaboration and the deep empathy of the social sector. Uh, and we think that uh, if you take those as two sides of an argument, the, the best beneficial result of that argument is that the two worlds start to come together and business gets more empathetic um, and nonprofits get more effective because they're learning from the business side as well. well and Mike, so that's... Um I'm just, I'm just, I'm just imagining in my mind the kind of the intersection, right, of the two, and uh, and what that could look like. Can you give us? Uh, you, you kind of started to describe it. Can you give us some examples of where you think you know maybe there's a either a nonprofit or a for profit business that that's doing a good job of straddling that line and getting you know kind of the benefits of both sides at that intersection? Well, your business and my business are both B corps, and I think if you look down the list of all of the companies that have chosen to certify as a B corp, as a benefit corporation, you find a whole bunch of companies that have found ways to embed that empathy and that community uh, impact into the way that they do business. So the one that I always love to point to and the one that I admire and that I draw loads of case studies from uh, is not a client of ours, but I think it's a benchmark for socially responsible business, and that's Ben & Jerry's Ice Cream in the States. Yeah, totally ben and Jerry's, a couple of fantastic guys. I've had the pleasure to meet them just briefly on a couple of occasions. They're both just super helpful, wonderful entrepreneurs, great mentors to many, many social venture entrepreneurs. But they used their business as, um, as a platform for social change. So they created ice cream brands that advocated for policy change around gay marriage or uh, reduction of, or labeling of GMOs. Um, they used their supply chain to support other enterprises that were doing good work in local communities. Uh, and there are just countless stories in the history of Ben and Jerry's of how they used the business as a tool for good. Uh, so a great exemplar of the, the kind of work that we like to see um, and a great um Great member of the B Corp community too, uh, Mike. Uh, from time to time, you know, uh, you know, after this particular blog, podcast, you're probably going to start listening to all of the other ones that we've done. Uh, <laughs> or, uh, you're you're going to realize that that that, uh, that Dave and I throw each other under the bus all the time. So I, I have to I have to pause for a second. Oh, here Dave, we go. What is uh, trivia? What is um, the Grateful Dead inspired Ben and Jerry's ice cream called? 
I can see the album cover where they're there is Cherry Garcia. Cherry Garcia. Nicely done. So yeah. Anyway, big big fans of Ben and Jerry's uh, as as well, Mike. And uh, um, so, how are you finding it in in the in this new market? Essentially, even though you know businesses uh, who are founded on you know sustain passion of sustainability and triple bottom line have been going around have been existing forever, but really, there's a new wave that's happening. As well, and we just talked to Christy about this as well. That it's it's a frustrating journey as well because it really is a quite a new concept, uh, a, a new way of doing business for so many of these heritage businesses. You know, um, it is. So, are you finding a lot of uh, interest from new startups who are getting it right from the beginning? It's in their DNA, or are you uh, you know making some positive movements in more of the the big what Christy always calls the dinosaurs? <laughs> <laughs> uh, so I'll say both. So we're seeing uh, internationally, probably globally, uh, a solid swing towards socially responsible entrepreneurship. Um, but I think partly uh, here in North America and Europe, it's uh, it's the millennial generation stepping into starting their own enterprises. And they're a generation that uh, just doesn't like the notion of separating their sense of purpose in life from the scope of their work in the world. So when they start a new venture, they're thinking about community and they're thinking about planet and they're thinking about profit all on an equal footing. But we're also doing work at the other end of the spectrum with really, really big organizations. So uh, for years, we've helped write the um, sustainability report, the CSR report for uh, Adidas. Huge global corporation, massive deep supply chain that goes into lots and lots of countries. Um, you could call them a dinosaur if you wanted to be uh, critical. But in reality, when you get inside an organization like Adidas, they are working to solve myriad problems through their supply chain. And they're making incremental progress all the time. And the thing that makes uh, Adidas an exemplar is they're very comfortable talking about where the challenges are. Uh, and in fact, a lot of those big brands in sporting goods are comfortable talking to one another about the challenges and sharing best practices. So there's an example of a really big organization that's making slow, steady progress on uh, fair wages and better labor practices and, and better environmental records in all of the countries and, and places where they do business. And, and at the end of the day, I mean, you know, whether you're in this, you know, one of the these older kind of heritage businesses that you're describing, Greg, or, a, a, you know, a new startup, I mean, you're pe- they're people. <laughs> people want to be they part are. of people, yeah. you know, and it's not like it, you know, and, and uh, there's a lot of employees that want good. And so it makes sense that, that you know, you'd see that in, in both sectors. It just some probably uh, maybe have more of an appetite or, for it. Well, the other thing is it's, it might not even be appetite. It's, it's the ability to be nimble and quick and make, correct adjustments and changes. Some of these organizations that we work with, uh, large organizations, they you know that the CEOs and the founders and the employees, they're doing everything they can to to do good and, you know, uh, um, you know, attempt to practice triple bottom line uh, uh, business uh, practices, but it takes time for some of these massive companies to make movement. And I think that's where the, a great opportunity is for you, Mike, is, is in this, because the it's coming from the ground up. The employees are, shape, are shaping this reality. Uh, and the great companies that I've been witnessing are the ones that are listening to that and, and, and changing with the times. 
Yeah, I think employees are shaping it a lot. I think uh, I think more and more shareholders are shaping it a lot. People are pushing for better, more responsible behavior in the business community. Right. Uh, and I think broadly, stakeholders outside the organization, because information flows so freely these days and right. is only getting freer and things are getting more and more transparent, stakeholders are, are easily able to sort of pick up an issue that they care about and, and share it back to the company and ask, what are you doing about this? And apply the pressure. So any company that's not thinking about stakeholder engagement in their strategic planning is missing a great opportunity to understand how they can be a better corporate citizen. And so that's what we help them with. What do you find? Oh, Dave. Oh, no, go ahead. You got you, you, you had the little I, finger I, gun. I was no, me. I was gonna I was gonna totally take it in a different direction. Okay, go for it. Well, no, I was gonna say speaking of progressive organizations, something I noticed on your bio, and I think it's um, for me what jumped out is your connection with Royal Roads University, Mike. Mm. Right um, now, I, I went there a decade ago and and took a graduate. Has it been that long? Yeah. No, it hasn't. Not, yeah, and you got out and filmed me there. Yeah, was that ten years ago? It was ten. It was over ten years ago. We've been friends for that long. We have. Okay. And I uh, took a graduate. Certificate and executive coaching, it launched this this coaching business I have, Vision Coaching, and um, and it was a very one. It was a fabulous experience. I would describe it as transformational for me personally, and and so I have a lot, and, and I've sent a lot of people that way, and a lot, I have a lot of colleagues have gone through that particular program and other programs. But it, I mean, it, is it, tell us about your connection there, and I mean, for listeners um, that that are unaware of it, maybe you could give them a little bit of a an overview of Royal Roads, because I'm sure the yeah, things so they're doing. Royal Roads is a, a small university on the coast of British Columbia, on Vancouver Island. It was a military college until it converted to a public university. Um, and it was instantly differentiated because they took, uh, they were one of the first universities to really aggressively adopt online education. Uh, and they developed this blended learning model, uh, which we're seeing quite frequently now in other universities, but this blending uh, learning model where they would have people on site for weekends or a week or two at a time for, for local, what they called residentials or extensive um, sort of group learning programs for those periods of time. And then they would follow up with lessons online through online learning platforms uh, so they could engage people when they were still in the workplace. And that was the big differentiator for them rather than trying to take a year out to do an MBA, for example. Mm-hmm. Um, you could just take a few weeks off through the course of a year or two and do most of the learning online. So my involvement with Rural Roads is I'm uh, uh, on an advisory council to the faculty of management. So this is the faculty that does the the Bachelor of Commerce and the MBAs, does some work on the master's in leadership uh, and is uh, is rolling out a doctorate in business. Um, And there's probably eight to 12 of us on that advisory council at any given time, uh, each representing a different aspect of the community or a different business sector or uh, representatives from other universities. And we're there just to advise the dean of the faculty. And we're there at the invitation of the president of the university to help uh, craft and refine the programs that they deliver and help to include in those programs programming that we think is going to resonate with people on the ground. So I'm on that group because I bring a social entrepreneurship and uh, social impact business perspective into the conversation that the the university 
is really interested to both draw from and contribute back to. Yeah, and it, 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 it I mean, my perspective, kind of as a as a former student, but just even as I read newsletters, I mean, it seems like a fairly progressive uh, institution. Um, you know, when I, you know, when we compare like the more heritage kind of things, um, and it's this beautiful campus as well, isn't it? You know, with these peacocks walking campus, around. Yeah. I, I, I didn't. I went unaware of that, and I was just blown away by the campus itself. Like a great learning place. Yeah, it really is a gorgeous setting. It's right on the waterfront, so acres and acres of forested land. Beautiful spot. Yeah. So that's cool. So and so for you um, uh, or for people that are interested in your space and interested in learning more about you, I see we see that you're a speaker here. Maybe they want you to come present. Um, how do they learn more about you, uh, about your organization, about um, you know the topic? Best way is uh, our website at junction.com. And of course, we're marketers, so we spell junction funny. It's J-U-N-X-I-O-N.com. Uh, and they can reach out through the site and contact me or any of the team. Fantastic. I think one last one. We we, we were uh, uh, brought to light that you are also a philosopher of sorts. Can we indeed? Can we leave uh, this conversation with you just sharing a little bit of, of what your philosophy is? Because it's uh, it's it's really neat to be introduced to somebody who is um, you know an entrepreneur, a marketer, a teacher, a philosopher. It's something we don't celebrate uh, as much as we should in today's uh, day and age. Yeah, so uh, philosopher, because that's what I studied uh, as an undergrad. And um, I like to think about the big and important questions that we face as human beings and that we face as communities. Uh, And for me, the one question that really drives a lot of work and that has driven the writing of uh, philosophers uh, through the centuries, even through the millennia, is, is this question. What does it mean to live a good life? And as an entrepreneur, how can I use my business to uh, to live the good life and to help my team live the good life and to help my clients live the good life? And I think a lot of living the good life is actually about how we engage one another in community and how we work together uh, on issues and on opportunities that are of benefit to everybody. Uh, so that's a guiding philosophy mm-hmm. for our business. And it's been a guiding philosophy for my career. And it's uh the, the interesting thing is it seems to be a, a thread that goes throughout all of our guests on this podcast. It's, just, it's, a, it's not planned. It, just, it seems like the entrepreneurs that we've been uh, introduced and attracted to seem to have this worldview, and it's, it's a beautiful thing. And uh, I think Dave and I are the, uh, the, the fortunate beneficiaries of, of, <laughs> of these conversations. So listen, thanks so much, Mike, for, for sharing uh, or uh, you know, sharing all your absolutely your... yeah my pleasure it's really great to connect lovely to be in conversation and um, and the bromance begins the bromance, the bromance begins yeah. we are going to continue this offline man all three of us outstanding raw roads <laughs> alright see you later man very good see you Mike thanks Ciao. Dave yet another inspiring uh, entrepreneur uh, marketer philosopher uh, guest to the boiling point somebody that brings so much understanding to this concept of using business for for positive change or to how, to, how using business you know to to help answer the question of how do I live a great life that's kind of an that's interesting awesome. yeah yeah Cause, and you know what's funny about that I find as an entrepreneur is you there or at least for me is there's points where you go the heck am I doing? Yeah. You know, right? Like this isn't what this isn't answering that question that probably helped. Insp- and, and you know, as I think about that question, I go, yeah, it is. It's, you want to you want you want to live a life that's gonna 
be, you know, inspiring to you and to others, right? Mm-hmm. And that's the whole point. You go out and you, you get the business going. But you know what? It, you, you, it's, it's funny how you can tell when you're off that track yeah. or, or just getting on the, on the, you know, on the sides of the track, you know, you kind of getting closer to kind of going into the, the ditch. It, it doesn't feel great. And then it, it sometimes is the perfect thing to correct you and, and pull you back. So I just think interesting for me, I just, that, that, that resonated. That was a good question. I like that. Yeah, and I, I think just my my takeaway again is it's uh, inspiration of just knowing there's so many uh, global shakers out there right now finding great success in the in the space. And we didn't start the boiling point to feature like triple bottom line and B Corp B type of companies, but I just feel you and I have been able to attract uh, some amazing entrepreneurs who care about building businesses Absolutely. that are making our communities Absolutely. better. And I, 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 I like this niche. I think it's nice. Yeah. And and in, in all seriousness, I give you the gear sometimes, but kudos to you for, for this introduction to this whole space for me and for a lot of listeners, I'm guaranteeing. Um, cause it's, and it, and it just, there's, there's layers and layers and layers to it. Right. Mm, so, uh, yeah. yeah. And if people aren't interested, they won't, they're, they're not listening to these podcasts. <laughs> hey, um, do you like Star Trek? No. No? Well, not really. I mean, um, I know what it is. Yeah. Hey, James, sorry. James is our, our engineer today. Um, what, uh, what Star Trek character does Dave look like right now? Oh. Is it, is it was it Jordy? No, no, it was the guy with yeah that the weird, little weird wi- the visor, the visor over yeah. us. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, so Dave's headphones are covering his eyes. That that means we're at the end of the day, doesn't it? That's for you, been a long day. For me, man. like I might yawn and you make fun of me, but for you, your your headphones cover your eyes. Yeah, you fall asleep. Down. Nobody even knows. No, yeah, because I'm not contributing at all. Dave, wake up. Wake up. All right, man. Well, we'll see you next week after your nap. <laughs> see ya. See ya. Thanks for checking out this episode of Boiling Point. Remember to rate and subscribe to us on iTunes and follow us on Twitter at Boiling Point Pod. To see more from Dave Vale, check out leadershipunleashed.ca or visioncoachinginc.com and on Twitter at Dave underscore Vale. And to catch up with Greg, visit Hemmingshouse.com and at Greg Hemmings on Twitter. Thanks for listening and remember, keep that pot boiling. I'm Connie Teeson, the host of Broadcast Dialogue, the podcast. We focus on Canada and the challenges facing Canadian radio and TV, as well as highlighting those moving the industry forward from podcasting and streaming to new broadcast tech. Check us out at broadcastdialogue.com or your favorite podcast app.